Hallelujah. I wanted to continue our series this evening, and I've entitled this Healing Made Simple. Last week we talked about healing for all, and I want to remind you that uh, I'm so grateful, praise God. Uh, I sent that off to my brother-in-law who was in the hospital with cancer, and he's a Muslim, and he listened to every word. And they, I, I don't know fully where the progress of healing is yet because they haven't told me, but they discharged him yesterday. Praise God. Hallelujah. So God's working in him. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe that he received something from that. And I believe that if you'll just send it to people that are sick, uh, it's, it's not about the personality or charisma or anything. It's about the word. And I made sure that I put a lot of scripture in that because the word is what produces faith. Amen. So I, but I heard the Lord say, do a series on healing. And to start the first one with preaching to unbelievers. So he wanted the first one like that. But then he said, now just teach the believers on healing. I know this is a basic subject, but, but <laughs> I think we need to talk about it because I still, I still find on a regular basis, congregation members, you know, are, are still struggling. And that's okay. That's, that's not abnormal. That's kind of, you know, well, it is abnormal from one perspective, but it's not because, you know, we're, we're on a journey. And, you know, we got some folks here that have been around this a long time and they know how to appropriate. And then we always have new people coming that don't know. And so if you, if you feel like you know it all tonight, first of all, you don't because none of us do, including me. And I'm learning. And, and if you'll just humble your heart and say, Father, I'm, I'm, I want to learn because there's probably something in there that will either refresh me, reinforce me, or maybe something new that I didn't know before. Uh, because we do have many mature believers here. Amen. But but then, of course, there's many that are watching that are not mature in different countries, mind you, not just, not just you know, our congregation and in different provinces. And uh, it always amazes me how I hear reports from different people. Oh, I was watching you on live. I'm like, how did you even know about us? Who are you? And I don't know how they figure it out. I don't know who tells them, but you just never know who's watching. So, Sandy, I got to be real sweet because you just never know who's watching. Praise God. <laughs> it goes against my grain, but I got to be real sweet because you never know. And, and, and there's people that are on all phases of life, all different levels of maturity, all different levels of revelation. And some people have never heard of healing before and other people have heard of it for 50 years. So how do you, how do you, how do you embrace all of those different levels? Well, you just teach the word and the Holy Ghost will assign what everybody needs and he'll help you understand. But I just felt in my heart, not felt it was a direct instruction, teach on healing, do a series on healing and uh, because it is right for us to be healed. Yes. In every capacity. Hallelujah. I laid hands on my wife. She was having some issues with her knees and she's already noticed a dramatic difference in the last, in the last week. And other people have been telling me that there, there's been a manifestation of healing in their bodies. So healing power is working and it's flowing. And, and if you'll believe it, it will flow into you. But last week was more of a, if you'll believe on that anointing on somebody's life, it can flow into you or even directly from God, it can flow. But, but, but that's more, was more for more of a simplized approach about how you can receive it that way. But I want to talk now from a believer's perspective because an, an unsaved person doesn't have a covenant with God, but they can still receive certain things because of his mercy and because he'll, he'll just be moved by the hand of faith. But as a believer, we have a certain right and privilege to these things. And, 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 and we, we should get it faster and more abundantly than any, any sinner out there because we have a covenant of it and they haven't entered that covenant yet. They're getting the crumbs or the fringes, but we are right in the middle of this thing. And so I want to just share some simple thoughts with you, and uh, I'm going to do an introduction. I'm not in a rush because uh, he said do a series. That means that I can take my time, and I can just do this from one week to the next because there's a few things. It's not an exhaustive series by any stretch, but there's a few things that I want to get out. And uh, there's a few things that Dad Hagen taught about healing that I want to emphasize, probably not tonight, but we'll get to that. And then there's some things that God has shown me. And we have seen healing work in our life many times. So I'm not necessarily a novice at this. And I know how to get healed myself. Amen. You don't want anybody teaching healing if they don't know how to get healed themselves. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. A lot of preachers can minister healing, but they don't know how to get healed themselves. Because ministering healing is one thing, but you can't teach somebody about healing if all you know is how to minister it. Because those gifts won't work for you. Do you understand? And uh, yes, you can teach somebody about how to put a demand on that anointing and they can do that, but that still not, doesn't help the person who's preaching. But I want to teach you because I know what I'm talking about. And I, I say that humbly, but I do know what I'm talking about. And I don't have full revelation. Nobody does. 
but I've been studying this one subject. This was the first subject I began to study uh, even before I was called to the ministry. At 14 years old, I heard the Lord in my heart. I didn't really know much about how to understand God's voice back then, but I knew a little bit and heard him say, pick up that book. And it was by, it was by Wigglesworth. And I started studying healing and faith. And then he said, pick up that book. And it was by John Lake. And I continued studying healing and faith. And then it was Lester Sumrall, and then it was Kenneth Hagin, and then it was Dr. Dufresne. And so from 14 years old, the one subject that I have given more attention to any other subject in the Bible is healing. And that's why we've seen many people over the years in different countries healed. But more than that, I've learned how to get it myself, not just minister it to others. So I want to teach you, if you'll open up your hearts, how to get it yourself. And some of this you know, and some of this you may not know. And other, some people in here, you'll know 10%. Others, you'll know 98%. But just open up your heart because you'll get something fresh and new from this series. And, uh, and listen, if you think you know everything, then what's going to happen is your heart automatically closes a little bit. You don't realize it, but your heart's kind of a little bit hardened because of pride. Pride hardens. You understand? And then, and then things, little nuggets of truth and revelation are coming, but they bounce off of you. And then all of a sudden, when something goes wrong and the doctor's report comes and now you need it, then you're going to wish you had actually paid attention. You understand? I always approach the word, no matter what the subject is, especially if the person preaching God put in my life, I always approach it humbly. Sometimes Pastor Nancy teaches stuff that I, I know quite well, but I still, my, my attitude is, Father, teach me. Because you put this on her heart. And she's the one, the voice in my life, which means I need to hear it whether I realize it or not. So I humble myself and I just open up my heart because there's more to receive. There's more. There's always more. The word is inexhaustible. And so I want you to start with me, please, in the book of Colossians chapter 1. And of course, this is a bit more of a Bible study. The preach may come. It usually does at some point. <laughs> but, but this is more of a Bible study, a teaching session than a, te than a preaching session. Um, but... Uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. So I'll give you a number of scriptures and I thank you for looking them up with me. Praise God. Colossians, and it might be a good idea to write notes if you want because I'm going to give you different scriptures and different points that would help you in more of a study, okay? Colossians 1 12, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints in light. So your inheritance is light, Amen. not darkness. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, which is light. My inheritance, my rights and privileges is light. And he has delivered me from the power of darkness. So whatever is in the devil's kingdom and whatever he gives me is darkness and my inheritance is light because that's what Jesus gave me. So we need to make sure we understand point number one, sickness is evil. Sickness is never from God. It is evil. I'm not saying you can't learn lessons from it, but God never gives it to you to teach you something. That's what an old Pentecostal preacher came up years ago and he's full of devils. Full of devils. God don't teach you something through sickness. God never gives a bad gift to teach you something. An abuser holds the ear of the child to the stove and says it's hot. That's, right. That's an abuser. Yes. God don't put cancer on you to say, let me teach you this. That's not how he does it. <laughs> if, a, if an evil father knows how to get good gifts, you being evil, your son asks for a fish, you're not going to give him a scorpion, asks for a stone, bread, you're not going to give him a stone. If you don't, you who are jerks, basically, know how to at least give your kids something that's good for them. How much more the Heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness or changingness or shadow of turning. He doesn't change his mind and to give a bad gift tomorrow, but a good gift today. He is the same and he gives good gifts. And so sickness is of the power of darkness and it's evil. It's not of the power of light. It's not of God. Okay. So I just want you to know we've been translated because our inheritance is light. Now have a look, please over in the book of Acts with me, if you would, let your fingers do the walking tonight. Okay. Acts chapter 10. And you know the scripture very well. I'm sure you could quote it to me. Reverend Greg, that's in the New Testament, brother. <laughs> Acts chapter 10. <laughs> How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were blessed of the devil. No. He healed all who were oppressed of the devil. 
Notice it says he went about doing good and healing people oppressed of the devil, which means the oppression of the devil is bad. This is like kindergarten, but you got to teach some people because they really don't know it. The oppression of the devil includes sickness because he healed those that were sick. And he said the ones that were sick were oppressed. So sickness is oppression of the devil and it's bad. Like kindergarten. The devil is bad. Jesus is good. But this is this. Some folks have all the PhDs and they still don't know it. The oppression of the devil includes sickness. Sickness is from the devil. Sickness is bad. Sickness is of the kingdom of darkness. But Jesus was good and he healed those sick and oppressed of the devil for God was with them because healing is of the light. You are a child of the light. Your inheritance, according to Colossians 1.12, is of the light. That means your inheritance is healing. That means when the devil puts his rotten, filthy claws of sickness on you, you have a right to say no. And if you don't say no, he'll enjoy putting it on you. And, he, you'll, and you'll just put up with it. Just put up with it. Just put up with that thing. Just, and then you just get used to it and you get familiar with it. And then you start to pet it and stroke it. Then you start to call it yours. Don't you know about my diabetes? It ain't your diabetes. It's diabetes. You better watch it when you start saying it's your diabetes. Because you've taken an ownership and they say that, don't, call, don't say that's semantics, Pastor. No, no, that's not semantics. You better watch what you say. Because when you take ownership of something, that thing will believe it has a right to harass you the rest of your life. It is not your cancer. It is not your glycoma. It is not your arthritis. It is glycoma and cancer and arthritis and it ain't yours. You better watch how you tell people. You better watch how you try to get self-pity from people. Oh, you know, I'm serious. Self-pity will kill you. Self-pity kills faith. Wanting to talk about it all the time to get somebody to feel sorry for you, you will never get healed if you do that. There's some people, I'm saying some statements by the Holy Ghost, so pay attention. There's some people that want their little uh, thing, the little picture that they hang from their rear view mirror, the little blue picture with the guy in the wheelchair. There's some people that want that privilege so they don't have to walk because they're lazy more than they want to get healed. I'm serious. I've met people in healing lines and I've heard the Holy Ghost say they want that privilege more than they want my healing. And I've confronted them and I've said, do you have one of those little things hanging from your thing so you can get preferred parking? Yes. Are you willing to give that up? Because when you get healed tonight, you can't do that. That's a lie. Well, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. Well, then go out of the healing line because God's not going to heal you. I'm serious. There's some people that want the handout of the welfare more than they want to work hard to get a job, and yet they're believing for prosperity, and it don't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. I'm serious. People got to look at their heart motives and say, am I willing to, am I willing to do what needs to be done? <laughs> because I tell you, some of these little tiny foxes, they, they rob the vine, they spoil the vine. It's usually not, sometimes it's the big things, but most of the time it's the tiny things that rob us, like saying my, it's my sickness. No, it's not. It's an oppression of the devil. It's part of the inheritance of darkness and it's bad. And Jesus came to do good and to heal those that were sick and oppressed of the devil because we are children of the light and we have an inheritance in the light. So number one, I'm just, I'm just telling you, preaching to the choir, but sickness is darkness. Sickness is evil. We shouldn't want anything evil in our lives. It's like we shouldn't want pornography. That's evil. We shouldn't want horror movies. But I like the thrill of the spook. Somebody once said to me, well, I hope you enjoy the thrill of the spook when the demon walks into your room at night to try to strangle you. Because that stuff happens and it's real. When you open the door to these demonic things. And if you look about one quarter, one quarter, one, 20 to 25%, one in five to one in four on average movies being made today are hardcore horror. If you look at it, if you look at statistics, there it, it is exploding in Hollywood, horror movies. Don't touch it. Well, I, I, well, I just try to get healed while I watch Poltergeist. It just don't work that way. It just don't work that way. 
You got to live clean. You got to live right before God. You got to keep devils out because you're a child of the light. You're a child of the light. You don't partake of darkness. You're a child of the light. If you're going to partake of that kind of nonsense, but now you say, but I want to partake of the light of healing, but let me nibble a little bit on the darkness of horror. I don't know why, but I heard the Holy Ghost say that. So there's somebody in this room that you're dabbling in that. And if I were you, I'd stop it because you're going to open the door. You probably already have opened the door, but you need to repent. There's a lot of things that are things of the darkness. I just had gave that one example, but you can't, you can't nibble on darkness here, but then want the inheritance of light over here. I didn't say you have to be perfect, but your heart has to be right. You have to be rejecting those things. Jesus hated lawlessness. He hated evil and he loved righteousness. He loved being right. He loved God. He loved holiness. Therefore, God anointed him greater than all his fellows with the oil of joy. You want more anointing? Just live more clean and you'll get more. Praise God. Number one, sickness is evil. Number two, more than anything, God wants you free from sickness. More than anything, he wants you healed. And you know the scripture, don't you? Third John verse two, but just let your eyes fall upon it again. Third John verse two, beloved, I wish above all things. I wish above everything. There's nothing I want more. The chief priority that I have for you, my children, God says, is I want you to prosper. So all the people that are against prosperity is like, well, I guess you're against God because he said he wants above anything for you not to be broke. Honestly, and to be in health. Now, you're not going to get any of that until your mind is renewed and your soul prospers and you think right. But if you think right with the word, then all of a sudden the prosperity of finances will start to change in your life and the health and strength of your body will start to change in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. A doctor said to me a little while ago, because I hadn't gone for a physical in, I don't know, seven years or something. I don't waste my time. I don't have time for that nonsense. But, But the Lord said, it's not nonsense. You better do it. I bind that, but it wasn't, it was the Lord. So I can't bind that. And he checked me out and did all the stuff, you know, that they do all the blood tests and the, this and the breathing and the stick, this thing, that thing there and everything everywhere, which is wonderful and invasive and embarrassing. But anyway, I let them poke me and prod me like I'm a, like I'm a rat in a medical experiment, Rob. And he said, uh, you're surprisingly healthy. <laughs> and I said, surprisingly He said, you're overweight. He said, you should have a lot more problems than you do. He said, you're lucky. And I heard in my heart, the Holy Ghost say, I'm merciful. Because I stand on a healing covenant, even though I'm not perfect in every area and every discipline, but that healing covenant works for me. Now, if I don't make changes, it won't work forever because you can't test God. But in his mercy... If you, even if you're not perfect, are you listening to me, all of you? Even if you're not perfect, I'm not justifying failure or flesh or carnality or anything, bad habits. What I'm saying is even if you're not perfect, if you'll stand on the healing covenant of God because he sees your heart, he sees you're trying. His mercy will cover you and that covenant will work for you. And even the medical doctors were surprised that things weren't further, things were not that I was in actually good health. And they can't really understand it because they said, you should have a list of things gone wrong with you. But I'm just smiling on the inside. And I said, well, Lord, I figured it wasn't good to time to witness to him. I figured that's not the best time to witness to him because then he'll just interpret that as, well, God's rewarding bad habits. Do you understand? So I kept my mouth silent. But in my heart, I said, Lord, that's your mercy. I stand on my healing covenant and that healing power is working in me even though I'm not perfect. Help me to become more perfect so that I don't test you and so that I don't open the door. But thank God for that healing covenant. It works. Even when you're imperfect, it works. Are you with me? Some people need to hear that because they beat themselves up so bad and I'm not justifying bad behavior, but they beat themselves up with condemnation so bad that they haven't done this and they haven't done that. And then they think, well, well, they can't work for me. It can't work for me. I'm talking about willful disobedience where you are engaging willfully in gross sin. Then you're going to block it. But when your heart's right and you're repenting and you're making strides and you're making effort and you're standing, the mercy of God is greater than your failure. And the covenant will work for you if you'll stand on it. Amen. Hallelujah.
The Lord is so kind. I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And Star Wars, I mean, Star Trek owes the church a large amount of money <laughs> because they've been saying, live long and prosper, right? They're quoting 3 John 2. And they didn't give any royalties. Poor John, man, he'd be a multi-billionaire today if he got royalties because he wrote that by the Holy Ghost. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Live long and prosper. I'm serious. Even the world thinks it's good. Even interstellar beings think it's good. Even Klingons think it's good. I don't know who Spock is or what planet he's from. But anyway, you know what, I'm joking. <laughs> Some of you are like, Really? Aliens think it's good. No, no, there's no aliens. There's just us and devils and angels. That's it. But, but I'm saying even the sinner likes that, likes that I, I want to prosper and be in health. I want to live long. That's health and prosper. God wishes, wishes it above everything. Because healing, because healing is divine and sickness is evil. Now, divine healing, I want to talk to you because this helps some people. Uh, healing, get the terminology correct. We need to get the terminology correct so you can understand it properly. Turn to 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. This is all my introduction, but anyway, we'll get to the meat of it soon enough. Because I have to give some background and some foundation and some that kind of stuff. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who him, who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were, were, were healed. Now Isaiah, quickly, 53. Isaiah 53. Praise God. Verse 5, he was wounded, for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or punishment of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. Present tense, because he's talking about the Messiah that would come. But, but if, you, if you see there now in First Peter again, you're seeing here that it's not in the present tense, it's in the past tense. Do you see that? That's not a misprint. By whose stripes ye were healed. So I'd like, to, I'd like to present something to you that uh, 1 Peter 2.24 says you were healed. So if you were healed, it means healing happened when Jesus died. Not when it manifested in your body. Now this is a discerned revelation. Healing is spiritual. People think healing is physical. No, no, the manifestation of it is physical. But healing itself is spiritual. Healing was accomplished as a spiritual condition, a spiritual substance, a spiritual right when Jesus died because he says you were healed when his stripes were laid on him. So if you were healed, quote unquote, when Jesus was whipped, that means that you're healed right now because it was already happened. But I'm still sick. No, but you were healed. That means you are healed. What you don't have yet is the manifestation of that healing. But don't mix up the manifestation of the healing with healing itself. Because healing itself is past tense. Healing itself is spiritual. The manifestation comes in the natural physical realm. The manifestation comes in the future. But healing, the condition of healing, the right of healing. The concept of healing, the package of healing, that was accomplished when Jesus was whipped and when he died. So for you to say, I'm not healed is anti-scriptural because you are healed. You just don't feel it. It just hasn't shown up yet. But positionally in Christ, you're healed. A sinner cannot say that they're healed because they don't have a position in Christ. They're sick as a dog. And they're going to stay sick as a dog and as God's mercy flows over them by the anointing. But a believer who's come into covenant with Jesus has partaken of everything Jesus paid for. So even if I'm racked with cancer, I'm technically, spiritually, from a positional truth, a heavenly truth, a heavenly realm of truth, I am actually already healed. Because it happened when he died. It just hasn't shown up. So I'm trying to help you. Don't ever say, Lord, heal me. 
And people pray. I hear people in my own church praying that. You're unscriptural to say, Lord, please heal me. You don't have to ask him to heal you because it's like you're saying, I've given you, God's given him the car. I give him a car. And then he, (laughs) you're welcome. And then he says, please, please, pastor, give me the car. Why are you asking me? Because I've given it to you. What he needs to do is utilize what he's got, appropriate what he's got, act on what he's got, and use the keys and go and start the car. You don't ever have, it's unscriptural to say, Lord, please heal me. And be careful because you'll catch yourself saying it. Because it sounds religious. It sounds spiritual, but it's not spiritual. That's why people don't get healed because they don't pray right. If you pray, Lord, healed me, you won't get healed. He can't heal you because he's already healed you. That's not the right prayer to say, Lord, please heal me. And then on what's worse is then they beg and cry and whine and fuss and snot and this and everything. <laughs> God, please. That's even worse. Not only are you playing unscriptural, but you're begging and God don't like that. Because he didn't make you a beggar. He made you a king. Do you understand? So you don't have to ever ask God, no matter what's going on with you, Lord, please heal me. That's not scriptural. He'll never answer that prayer. You can pray that till you die. He won't answer it. He can't answer it. It's not a scriptural prayer. He can only answer what he can hear. If we know he hears us, we know we have the petitions. He can only hear what his word says. That's not his word to say, please heal me. What is his word is to say, thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes I have been healed back then. And what I do is I receive that healing by faith without feeling it, without seeing it. I take it into my body by faith. I receive that healing right now. That's scriptural and that's when power flows. It doesn't flow when you ask him. It flows when you receive it and you thank him. You with me? Now I'm saying because I know this is such a simple thing, Jenny, but so many Christians do not understand that simple point that I've just said. And then they're racked with pain and they're living in hardship and they're crying out to God from pure hearts, from honest hearts, and with all of their intensity, God, please heal me. And they never get healed. And if they do... It's not because of their prayers. It's because somebody else who understood how to get it from God prayed for them and God honored that person's faith because this person doesn't have any faith because to ask for healing is not faith. Are you with me? I never, I never, I never asked for healing. And that's the, that's the automatic thing of what to do. When you feel sick, when you are sick, you think, oh Lord, please heal me. I mean, it's just a second nature. Oh Lord, please heal me. But you got to train yourself. Hold on, hold on a second now. Hold on a second. I know I've got this stuff. I know that there's this lump, this growth, this thing, whatever. I know, I know, I know. I'm not denying reality. I recognize it. But, Father, 1 Peter 2.24 says that by your stripes I was healed. That means I was healed then. That means you took this on your body on that cross, which means it's already done. It's paid. So I'm not asking for healing. I'm just saying thank you for doing it. And now I take it by faith. It's mine. I have a right to it. Because I'm a child of light and I have an inheritance of healing. So I lay hold of that healing and I say it's mine in Jesus' name. And that's when power starts flowing to fix that body part. Do you understand? But to say, Lord, please heal me, no power is flowing. Why? Because you're not scriptural in your request. You're asking for something he's already done. You're, listen, I don't mean to be mean, but you're actually, you're actually insulting the Lord when you ask that because what you're saying is your blood wasn't enough. I need you to die again. I need them to whip you again because the first whipping didn't do it, Lord. So get whipped again and please heal me the next time. No, no, his whipping was more than enough. His whipping was sufficient. Show him honor for what he went through, not asking for again, but saying what you did was enough for me and I take it in Jesus' name. Amen. My God, this will, this, this will set people free if they'll listen. Amen. I'm putting this on the radio. The Lord said put it on the radio. So if you're listening on the radio right now, then just, just open up your heart. And if some preacher told you different, they're wrong. I can say it with great confidence. And it's not because I'm arrogant or proud. It's because I know the Bible and they don't. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's good to be healed. It's good to be healed, Jenny. You're already healed. You're already healed. It's a spiritual right and a substance and a condition. It's a positional reality that was purchased at the cross. That means all you got to do is receive it by faith. 
pull it into this experiential day-to-day reality by faith. And you'll see it show up in your life. Remember, everything Jesus provided is in positional in your bank account. But that doesn't mean you're enjoying it. Faith is what makes the withdrawal. When you act in faith, you take it out of that bank account. Whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's whatever. But it's in your account. All you have to do is take it out. How do you take it out? By faith. Because the just shall live by faith. So if I'm saying number three, one, it's evil. Two, he wishes above all things. The most important thing to God is that you're well. So make sure you please him because he wants you to be well. Number three, you're, you're, it's already, you're already healed. Don't ask for it. You already got it. You may not have it manifested, but it's yours positionally. And number four, how could it be yours positionally? How could you be already healed? Because, like I just said to you, it's a positional truth that when we just read 1 Peter 53, 5, and, sorry, Isaiah 53, 5 and 1 Peter 2, 24, it says that his stripes healed you. The blood shed from his back healed you. So how could you be healed? Well, I love Matthew 18, 8, 17. He himself bare our, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Matthew 8, 17, memorize it. That it will be fulfilled by the prophet Isaiah, which saith, he himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That's where Dr. Dufresne got the phrase, he took it away. Because the Bible says he took our infirmities. Praise God. Now listen, if Kim, if he took the cancer, now when he was ministering, this is written when he administered to in person, live to people. And the healing line said that this scripture was fulfilled. We always look at the scripture as the cross. But this scripture was actually fulfilled in a healing line. When Jesus laid hands on them and the sicknesses left, it was fulfilled that he took their sicknesses and bore or carried away their diseases. Where did he take them? I don't know, but he took it away. And they were healed in person in his ministry. But you could only get that if you showed up in person, you had to be there. But then when he died, he did take it, but differently to Matthew 8, 17. Matthew 8, 17, he took it when he laid hands on them. He removed it from them and sent it back to hell. And they were healed. But then, see, he's not taking it on himself. He's just taking it off the person. But then when he hung on the cross, he took that sickness off the person and bare that infirmity off the person, but he put it on himself. So that not just the people that were present, but any human being that believed in faith could receive it. He put it on himself, Jenny. Matthew 8, 17, he just took it away and sent it back to hell. But in the cross, he took it on himself and he went to hell. He didn't just send it to hell. He went to hell with it. He took the ultimate place. So how can I say you're already healed? Because he paid it with his stripes. He took it from you. You weren't even born yet. But anything in the earth realm that was sickness oriented, he said, I take it unto me. My stripes bear the price for your cancer, for your hair loss for your arthritis, for your blood disease. My stripes pay it. That's why I can say that you're already healed because my stripes paid it. That's why Peter in the future is going to write, by his stripes he were healed because at the moment I paid it, you got it. But spiritually, you don't have it yet because faith makes the withdrawal. You have to activate your faith, but you've technically got it in the account. Anything I ever face is in the account because he took it in the stripes. He took my infirmities and he bare my sickness on his own body on the cross. My God, what a, what, what revel, what, thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. You paid for it. You took it. You put the heat, you did the great exchange. You said, I'll take all the world suffering and I'll make available to all the world healing. And then when you got born of a human being, your spirit came in to that mother's womb and you automatically had a bank account in heaven. Now, until you get born a second time of the spirit, not of the natural, you can't access that bank account. But now that you're born, it's like that, act, that account of healing is activated. But how many Christians have it activated because they're born again? They have a right to withdraw 
but they don't understand faith, so they can't make the withdrawal. All they do is, oh, God, please. Oh, God, please. Oh, God, please. Oh, God, please. That ain't withdrawing. That's just annoying. You just annoy God. I did it. Don't ask me for it. It's in the account. Use your faith and withdraw it. And when they learn to do that, then his power goes and heals. Nobody's ever get healed asking Jesus to heal them. They only get healed by thanking him for healing them and receiving it by faith. But we've got to teach people this because religion has messed people's minds up for a long time. Praise God. So he wants above all he's evil. He wants above all things for you to be healed. He says, don't ask me. You already got it. Why? Number four, because I paid for it in my, in my, in my cross. It's in your account. Praise God. And I'd like to also, I want you, the Lord quickened this to me. So I wouldn't normally include this in my sermon, but I want to include it because he quickened it to me. I want you also to realize that God in the timeless past, before you were even born, spoke healing over you and established you to sit in a seat of healing if you would just do it by faith. So have a look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Praise God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now a lot of people just quote that they don't even know what it means. What the wind that says he's blessed us, the word blessed is not the way you interpret or I interpret it like, oh, I'm, I'm doing good. God's gone kind to me or he's given me some present. Do you know what the word blessed means in the Greek? It means to speak words over someone. The Greek picture is somebody kneeling down, laying their hands on them and speaking a blessing, a verbal blessing over them. Like a father would bless a child. Now, it's interesting because when it says, when you speak the blessing, it says they are, they are, it is elegant language and fair speech. In other words, the blessing spoken in the spiritual realm, because he says, I bless it with all spiritual blessings. Really, it means he's spoken over us with all spiritual words of elegance and fair speech and grace and kindness. But he spoke over us in the spiritual realm. Because Jesus hasn't appeared to you and spoken over you, but before you were ever born, he spoke in that realm, in the heavenly places. When he died and rose again, he spoke every name that would ever come, and he spoke over you blessings. But what are those blessings? He spoke over you the covenant promises. He has blessed us. He has spoken over me with all spiritual blessings. These are spiritual. In other words, they're spoken in that realm but they're to manifest in this realm, but they originated in that realm. He has blessed us or spoken over us all spiritual fair speech or all spiritual elegant language, all kind words, all covenant promises in heavenly places in Christ. Because sinners don't, can't claim this because they're not in Christ. He hasn't spoken over a sinner. When you got born again, what he spoke over in the heavenly realm you were able to open that account. Because he said, healing. He spoke it. When you got born again, it's like that healing account got activated. But just because it's open and quivering, shaking with power, ready to invade the cells of your body that are sick, it can't unless you say, I take it. It don't happen when you say, please. That's an insult. Because you're saying what he did wasn't enough. Don't ever say what he did wasn't enough. Say what you did was enough. So I take it. It was enough. Thank you for my healing. I receive it now in Jesus' name. It's so easy, but so many Christians don't understand it. Evidently, some in my own church, because I've heard people say, oh, Lord, please heal me. And I'm thinking, how long have you been here for? Do I need to do another series on this? I guess so. Because as long as you pray that you ain't getting it. Stop being in a begging mentality and start being in a receiving mentality. He spoke healing over us in the spiritual realm when we got saved. He spoke it. You know how you deposit money in an account? He deposited healing. When Jesus took those stripes, it was deposited and he spoke it over you. You don't need me to say be healed. God already said be healed. It's in your account. It's over here. Just take it. Praise God. 
And then the next thing is Ephesians 2, just one chapter over, Ephesians 2, verse 6. And has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places. Do you realize that the heavenly places where you sit is the, is the, that, that's the place of covenant. That's the place beside Jesus. That's the joint heir seat. That means whatever Jesus got, you got. That means you're joint heirs. That means you're covenant brothers. Amen. That means he spoke it over you. And then he said, now sit down in the seat of healing. Because that seat in heavenly places where Jesus sits is a covenant seat. And one of the greatest parts of your covenant is healing. So he says, I speak healing over you and put it in your account. And I give you a right to sit and be established in this healing. Because you're born again. What you have to do is say, I take it out of that account. I sit in it and I say, it's mine. They're two different images. But they're the same thing. When you sit down, you are showing it's mine. A king sits because it's his. He's established in that realm. It's mine. I take it. I'm seated in this healing seat. And he spoke healing into my account. And I say, I take it in Jesus' name. So my brother and sister, he's spoken healing over you. You actually technically don't need any human being to ever speak healing over you. It's not a problem. He says, lay hands on the sick. They show up. It's not wrong. But I'm just saying, you technically don't need that. If you can get a revelation of this, you'll never have to have another human being ever minister healing to you again as long as you live. And I'm not against people needing that because that's part of the job. But what I'm saying is if you get a revelation of this, you'll never have to have a man speak healing over you under the power of God because you'll realize somebody better than him spoke it already. God spoke it. When I got born again, when Jesus died, actually, he spoke it. But when I got born again, I activated that account. Now I just take a withdrawal and I sit in my heavenly seat of healing. And I have a right to it. And the devil can't lie to me because I've got revelation. He can't deceive me when I've got revelation. He can deceive me if nobody's taught me. Do you understand? Like some of those, I don't mean to not mock them. I'm not mocking. I had great respect for them. But if you read the missionaries from 100 years ago, 150 years ago, they just didn't have revelation on healing. And many of them died. They didn't have revelation on how to treat their bodies right and rest. And many of them died of exhaustion, including Amy Simple McPherson. Many of them. They didn't have the wisdom. Nobody taught them. Treat your body with a certain level of respect. Don't overdo it. Get enough sleep. You don't need to beg God, just take it. These are revelations that weren't around that long ago. Believe me, they weren't around that long ago. And that's why so many died unnecessarily. But we have been taught so well by Dad Hagen and by Dr. Dufresne and by others. We've been taught so well. We've got to use what we've taught. We've been taught and say, Father, you whispered it. You spoke it into my account. You said, I've given you a seed of healing. Open that account. Take it by faith and sit down. Sit and get settled in your healing. And not just to always get healing, but to live in constant health. If you stay seated in that seat, life is always flowing in you. I'm serious. Some people had asked me, they were very sick. But I said, Father, what do you want me to do? And he said to me, he said, healing is in their account, but they don't know how to withdraw it. And I have compassion for them. Now apply the blood. It stays destruction. Go in and you let that healing come out of your anointing, out of your office into them because they don't know how to withdraw it themselves. And yet they've sat in this church for years. So I went and I laid hands and imparted healing power. And, 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 of course, the thought comes to me, what's in this atmosphere? But I've been in worse atmospheres in the malaria outbreak. So I'm not that concerned. I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus is this. You can't see it, but it, is, it has substance to it. It is actually a living thing. In the realm, demons can see the blood of Jesus. You can't, but they can. Demons can see it. When you apply the blood, just like you can't see angels, but you still release them. Just like you received Jesus, but you couldn't see him. Just like you got the Holy Ghost, but you didn't see the person of the Holy Ghost. 
The blood of Jesus is very real. In the realm of the spirit, it has tangible substance. Demons can see it. Sickness is repelled by it. And when you apply it in faith and believe, you can go into any atmosphere. And it cannot touch you. This is why this church with this kind of teaching should be so above, so above all the fear of COVID, all the fear of germs, all the fear of vaccines, all the fear of conspiracies. You should be soaring so high in the stratosphere above it because you understand or you should understand because I've taught it long enough, the power of the blood of Jesus. So if you're not soaring high above, because your heart's wrong. Your heart's wrong, because I've taught it enough. Hallelujah, Jenny. It has to be said even if it offends people. Praise God. Hallelujah. He spoke it. It's my job to take it. Let me say one other thought to you. I guess the whole sermon is my introduction. But these, these things, these six things came to me as I was studying. I got my main part of my message. We haven't even started yet. But these six things, the Lord says, say this. And I wrote them down. One, two, three, four, five, six. So I know that I'm saying what he needed me to say tonight. Amen. Okay. You know what the problem is? Once you realize it's evil, once you realize that God wants nothing more than for you to be healed, and it's his will, and you're not violating his will by doing this, you got to understand that it's from the devil and that God desperately wants you to be healed. If you can understand that, you're halfway there already. And then once you understand, you don't have to ask for it. You just take it because he already did it. And if you ask for it, you're insulting him like what he did wasn't enough. And the reason is because he paid for it with his precious blood when those stripes and it's the price is more than paid. When you, so when you kind of get, when you grasp that revelation and then you realize that you have a right to receive it because he, was, he spoke it into that account, you have a right to take it from that account and sit in a seat of healing and stay seated for the rest of your life so that you're not always trying to catch up. But that healing life constantly flows in you day in and day out and you stay healthy. Some of you, you sit down for five minutes and then you get up and you walk around and wander around for six months. And then you get weak and you get tired. Just stay seated. What I mean by that is stay in the revelation of your healing covenant and of constantly saying, I take it, Father. I don't even need to have symptoms. I don't even need to feel bad. I don't have symptoms. I have not one symptom in my body. Amen. Not one. I have no pain anywhere in my body. Amen. No pain anywhere. But every all the time I say, Father, I thank you for that healing power. I take it now in Jesus' name. I don't need it to target anything because I'm well. But Father, let it just keep flowing through my cells and my blood so that when something shows up, it is overwhelmed. What am I doing? I'm sitting in that seat in heavenly places in Christ. I'm keeping the count withdrawn, constant withdrawals. Because he whispered, he spoke over me. You're healed. In heavenly places, I'm saying you're healed. Now, if your faith takes it, you'll take it from the heavenly places into the earthly places. That's right. You'll take it from the heavenly realm into your body realm. But it's done. I don't need any person to pray for me. And there's nothing wrong with you praying for me. And I've had times where my faith has been, sh been weak. And I've been struggling and I've been hurting. And I've been around other ministers. And I've heard the Holy Ghost say, you need this. Get up there. Humble yourself. But I've had other times where I've been struggling and hurting, but my faith has been stalwart. And I've, and I've said, Lord, maybe I should go because I don't want to be proud. I need healing power and it's flowing through that minister. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, you don't need it. I've, it's working in you. Stay put. But you better listen to the Holy Ghost and not do it out of pride. Because a lot of people do it out of pride and they miss something they could have got. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. But a pro, so once you've got this, what I've said down pat, once, once this is firm in you, there is one more little trick that the devil likes to play with people. And he'll try to get you to focus on the manifestation. He'll try to get you to say, well, why isn't it happening? Because I've done it. I've taken it. I've, I've taken it by faith. What's, why is nothing happening? Nothing's happening in my body. Nothing's happening. What's going on? And there is a trick to that. Because if he can get you to start to say, nothing's happening. You've just cut the power of God. 
I'm trying to teach you. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of his devices. His device is your mouth. He's trying to get your thinking wrong and your speaking wrong because the mouth kills the power of God or it activates the power of God. And I can't tell you how many times it's, I don't feel like nothing's happening. And days are passing. And in fact, it seems like it's getting worse. And I'm very careful with my mouth. <sighs> don't touch the manifestation side. The manifestation side is God's side. You stay in the faith realm. The faith realm is your side. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, or the Greek says have received them at the time you pray, and ye shall have them. They'll manifest, they'll show up. Mark eleven twenty four. Your job is believe that you receive it now. Faith is now. God's job is it shall come to you. It shall manifest. You shall have it. Your side is to believe. God's side is to do the... If you've got the easy job. He's got the job that has to fix the cells and the sinews and the this and the that. But he's a great physician. He's very good. He's been to medical school. Heavenly medical school. And he's got many interns called angels that know exactly what they're doing. I'm serious. Your job is not the manifestation side. Your job is the faith side. Don't let your mind touch the manifestation side because then you'll start to wonder. Then you'll start to doubt. Then you'll start to accuse God. Then you'll say, but I'm a good person. But I've been doing this in faith. Why won't you do it? You'll never get answers from God when you accuse him. He's looking for humility. He's not looking for accusations, buddy. Like Pastor Dan says, how's that working out for you? Go ahead and do the whining. Tell me how it's working out for you because I can promise you you're not going to get anything from God. Don't touch the manifestation side of it. You touch it with your mind, doubt comes. Do you know why? Because you know on the inside of you that you can't manifest it anyway. You know God has to manifest it, but it's not manifesting and yet you've done everything that you know to do and you've done right. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you stay in the faith realm. In the faith arena, yeah. in the praise arena. Yeah. You don't touch that. Why isn't it coming? You just say, Lord, I praise you. The healing power is working in me. The healing power is working in me. I take it now, it's mine. I take it by faith, it's mine. I'm not asking you. I'm not begging you because you've already done it. I take it out of my account. I sit down in my seat of healing. It's mine. It's my right. And I thank you. My faith is withdrawing it and it's working in me. I don't need to feel it and I don't need to see it. And I don't look in the natural like anything's happening. But in the spiritual realm, it is happening. And so I'm not going to worry about when it's going to show up in the natural because that's going to cause me to stumble. All my job is, is to keep thanking you and keep trusting you and keep praising you. And when a day passes and then two days passes and then three days passes, you know what that's called? Patience. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be complete and lack nothing. By faith and patience, you inherit the promises. It didn't just say faith. It said faith, faith and patience. And sometimes it happens quick and sometimes it don't. And sometimes when you've been around this for a very short period of time as a baby, God will do it just almost instantly for you just because he don't want you to tuck tail and run like all this faith stuff don't work. But after you've been around it for a few years, I've noticed sometimes God just says, just hold up, Jesus, just hold up. This boy been around this for a few years now. I've given it to him 70 times in five minutes. He got no staying power. He needs to understand what patience feels like. I'm not withholding healing, but I need to train him that his emotions don't count. That his feelings don't matter. Just, just hold on, Jesus, for a second. And just, I know God doesn't talk to Jesus like that, but you know what I'm saying. Just, just, he, just hold, he holds that power a little bit. Let just, let's just watch to see, is he going to stay, is he going to hold fast to this confession of faith for a day or two or three or even a week? When that patience has its perfect work in you, it's not God being mean. It's some developing patience in you. Patience is very important. And then all of a sudden, that patience mixes with that faith, and then the power of God. But the power of God will always hit. But I can't guarantee exactly when it will hit. A month or so ago, I had an attack on my body and in one of my, my feet. And I mean, I, I could barely walk. And I said, oh, God... I don't want anybody at church to see I, I'm a faith preacher. I'm a faith healer. 
Oh God, don't let them see it. And every single time, every single time where I've had a problem that I'm standing for my healing on, when I get under the anointing, the anointing, I don't know how to explain it. It just like, it, it ceases to exist while I'm preaching. Honestly, it's amazing. It, that anointing is amazing. But as soon as I stop preaching under the anointing, all those symptoms come back. Because that anointing is covering me while I'm ministering to the people. But my faith has to work in the green room when the anointing's not on me. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? But for the first time in 30 years of preaching, first time, a month ago, I mean, I was in severe pain, severe pain. I could barely walk at home. Jenny knows, she saw. I couldn't sleep. And I said, well, I have to preach. And I said, Lord, I'm going to do my best to, to not let anybody see. I'm going to try not to limp. But I mean, it's painful. And I said, that anointing, will, that anointing will be on me and I won't feel it. And for the first time in 30 years, that anointing didn't cover it. But the anointing was still on me, but didn't cover it. And as I'm preaching, I'm thinking to myself, what's going on, Lord? What's going on, Lord? What's, what, why, is, why is this anointing not covering it? And uh, then halfway through my sermon, he spoke to me and he said, because I want to teach you something. The anointing does cover, but don't use it as a crutch. I want to teach you. The anointing doesn't work for me anyway. It works for you. But it sometimes takes care of me while I'm ministering to you. But he said, you, 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 it does, and it will continue to do that, but, I, but I'm not doing that this time. Yeah. First time in 30 years. And he said, because I want you to release your faith. I said in my mind, I've been releasing my faith, and I had. And he said, yeah, but you've been babying it. As I'm preaching. And he reminded me of the story of Kenneth Copeland when he broke his toe. And I said, I'm not trying to baby. I acted like a baby. I'm not trying to baby it. It's excruciating. I can't help but, but limp. It was my left foot. I think there's a movie called My Left Foot or something. I don't know, but there was my left foot. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, the anointing's not covering you this time because I want, I want you to release your faith. And he said, when I tell you, I want you to slam your foot on that floor. And I thought, no, this is Brother Copeland's level. This is not my level. No, 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 no. This is somebody that owns a plane. They get that kind of level. I, and he said, you do own a plane. Ah, no, I said... It's a jet. He owns a jet. I don't own a jet. Don't count. I'm not at that level yet. I said, God, don't make me do it. He said, I'm not letting the anointing cover you because I want you to learn to release your faith in a more extreme manner. Now, most people he doesn't do this with, but he did it with me. Yeah. And I heard him say, I was standing right here at one point in my and I thought, and I heard him say, now I want you to slam your foot down, send him, trust me. And I'm going to heal you. And all that, I mean, I was in pain. I was faking it, but I was in a lot of pain during that sermon. And then I, I said, well, Lord, how am I going to do that without anybody knowing? So I started to kind of get all excited and rob myself of it, get you shouting a little bit. And then when you weren't paying attention, I went mm, like this. <laughs> Just a month ago. And I'm telling you, I, I mean, I was a little bit foreboding because I know the pain that I'm in. But I did it with all my heart. And when I did it, the power of God hit my foot and healed it. Amen. I'm telling you. Amen. Healed it. There was not one ounce of pain the rest of that sermon. I went in the back room and I'm feeling it and I'm touching it. And then about a day later, I felt some symptoms come back. So the devil wants to test you see if you can get your words wrong. And I said, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, 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 you don't. I got healed when I obeyed God. You get off my body. And it left and I was healed. But if I'd go, oh, 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 Jesus, help me, Jesus. Oh, it's come back. It'll come right back. Oh, honey, oh, could you rub my feet? Oh, could you make me a special soup? Oh, I'm under the attack of the devil. Oh, please, honey. Pity, self-pity, it come right back on me. Don't ever feel sorry for yourself. You can get, make your wife get and make your soup for other reasons, but not because you're sick. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Just say, no, you don't. No, you don't. Get off me, and it will obey you. I'm telling you. Because sometimes it's almost, I was releasing my faith. I was for days but it need a corresponding action. Not always does it need that, but in this case it did, and God knew that the pain was so great, I was probably not going to do the corresponding action, and so he did it to me in front of people so I couldn't escape, and that anointing didn't cover it that time. I'm sure it will the next time, but it didn't that time because he was trying to get me to do a corresponding action. Now, he's not necessarily going to ask everybody to do that because he's going to go with your measure of faith, but where I'm at in my faith, he knew that he could get me to do that. And I was still a bit intrepid about it, but I did. And God's power works. Don't focus on the manifestation. Focus on faith. Lord, 
Take as long as you need. Because the longer you take, the more patience is having its work in me. The longer you take, the better it is for me because patience makes me perfect. The Bible says patience, have her perfect work that you would be complete and lacking nothing. So, so don't look at healing taking time as a negative. Look at it as a secret gift. The longer it takes, the better because I'm learning how to stand my ground in the face of hell. Because I need to have some backbone and some staying power and not tuck tail and run every time it gets a bit bad. I need to learn how to stand my ground. So Lord, take as long as you want. I like it quick, please. But if you decide to take it longer, it's okay. The longer it is, better for me. Patience is working in me. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger the longer I wait. Don't look at time as your enemy. Look at time as your friend. Don't focus on the manifestation. Focus on the joy of faith and patience. And if you do that, I'm telling you, it'd work for you. I'm trying to give you some lessons. Because, uh, Jenny, this, this, a lot of people don't talk about this stuff. I'll give a couple quotes and then we'll close. Let God do his side, manifestation. Let you, you do your side, faith. People are waiting for God to say it and do it. God is waiting for you to say it so that he can do it. Oh, Lord, speak the healing word. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I hear people on the television. Lord, speak the healing word. What healing word? He already spoke it when they whipped him. You don't need him to speak a healing word. You just need to say, it's spoken. I take it in Jesus' name. Don't wait for God to speak and do. You speak and God will do. You can't do, but you can speak. Last quote. Dad Hagen would say, it's mine. I take it now. Dad Hagen would say, hope is a good waiter. Faith is a good taker. Oh, and Kenneth Copeland's granddaughter said one of my favorite quotes. Hope sets the table. Faith eats. Some of you, oh, I hope it's going to work. You've got your table set for 30 years. And you've got hot food on it called healing. And you just, you're starving. Oh, I just hope it's going to be great. I just hope one day my ship will come in. I just hope one day I'm healed. You set the table with your expectation, but you need to sit down and take that beef and stuff it in your face. And say, I take it, it's mine. Healing is mine. Hope sets the table. Faith eats. Brothers and sisters, eat. 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 Don't admire the crystal. Isn't the covenant of God so great? Jesus loves me so much. (laughs) I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And he's like, that's great. The crystal's beautiful. The table settings are good. When are you going to eat? Stop telling him how much you love him and how the bluebirds love him and how everything in the covenant is so wonderful and just say, I take it, Lord. It's mine. I'm not going to be sick no more. I'm not going to be broke no more. I have rights and privileges. I take it in Jesus' name. I'm healed. Devil, get your hands off me. Healing power flow through me. Religion wants to comment about the table settings. God, Jesus says, sit and partake of what I provided for you. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, not to gawk at it, but to sit down while cancer looks at you, while tuberculosis, while high blood pressure, while they're watching you and trying to attack you, sit down and say, I eat, I take it, I partake of my healing covenant. I eat my healing bread. I eat my chicken healing chicken. I eat my healing fish. I eat my healing cheesecake. I'm going to eat what's on that healing table while they watch me. I'm not going to admire this place settings. That's religion. I'm going to say, Father, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't get whipped so that I'd admire it. You got whipped so that I'd eat my full. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He didn't, he, you know what Jesus went through? You watch the passion. It curl your toes. But once in a while, you should watch it. Because sometimes we fluff it with fairy dust. 
And what they did to him was not even really what happened. It was worse. It was worse. It was worse. And that was a pretty graphic depiction. Everybody needs to watch that once a year at least. And, and I can't watch it without weeping because I love him so much. But I watch it to remind myself, Sandy. He didn't go through that. That's not a fairy tale. He actually did that. He didn't go through that. So that when headaches come on me, I can admire the place settings. And say, isn't it so nice that I've got a covenant? He did that so that I would say, give me my bread. It's a children's bread. I partake. I take that healing that he paid such a price for. And I partake and I eat and I manifest that healing. That manifest goes through me. Stop looking and waiting and take it. Hope sets it. Faith takes it and eats it. Hallelujah. While I feel the Holy Ghost was pleased. I know he was. Whether you're pleased or not, I don't see how you couldn't be pleased. I'm giving you the way out. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Father, I thank you for healing power that is flowing into everyone today. Father, we all lift our hands. Those at home lift their hands. I'm not going to minister to them under that anointing of healing power, but tonight in the different kind of flow, Father, we're just going to receive directly from you tonight because you, Jesus, have already spoken healing over us when you blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Lord, we're going to sit down in that healing seat because we are covenant children and we have a right to sit in heavenly places in Christ. So, Lord Jesus, we don't ask you for healing. We don't beg you for healing. It's not scriptural to do that. We don't even just admire the fact that you've given us healing. What we do is we say, Father, we lay hold of it now by faith, and we say thank you for it. We receive it by faith. We take it now. Healing is ours. We take that bread and we eat it. We eat and partake by faith. We don't just look at the place setting. We partake right now. We take that power in Jesus' name. Whatever sickness is in anybody in this room or watching, Father, I thank you as they reach up with simple childlike faith and they say, Lord, I receive my healing. Lord, I receive my healing. Heal, thank you for healing me when you did 2,000 years ago. I receive my healing. I take it now by faith. Let it flow in me. I don't need to feel it. I don't need to see it. I just know it's flowing by faith. Lord, if it takes a little while, that's fine. It's patience building. Lord, I thank you for healing power that's flowing in me right now. I take it. It's mine in Jesus' name. I eat my healing bread. I don't stand behind the table and gawk. I sit down and I partake. And I thank you, Father. It's working in me right now. It's working in me right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You don't need to feel it, my brother. You just need to do it by faith. Hallelujah. It's working right now in you. Do you know that I'm, I have nothing, no symptoms, no pain, but I'm still saying, Lord, it's working in me right now because it's always working in me. So when that nasty thing tries to show up, that power is so out coming out of my pores, it just destroys it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen.